Um, unfortunately, I'm going to start the show off on a, on a sad note. Um, obviously, the news, uh, Jim Fossil, uh, former Giants uh, head coach, ha- had a heart attack and passed away. Um, I wanted to, one, I just wanted to point that out because obviously I, you, you knew him and I, wa- I want your thoughts on him in a minute, but I know him in a different way. So I had moved to Denver and I was working in Denver and I came across a guy, his name's John Matheson. And he was the general manager. And I believe it was of a Nissan car dealership. And I was sitting in his office. I was a consultant and I was, we were talking, I was doing sales training and consulting, digital marketing, et cetera. And I was sitting in his office and we were talking and you, you know, in sales, you look around the person's office, you try to see things that you can kind of relate to. And up along his, uh, on top of his bookshelf were all these pictures of giants, like in game, on the field, and him with his arm around Jim Fossil. And I said, oh, it's interesting to find such a huge Giants fan in Denver. Right. And, and he didn't say anything that day. But as I got to know him, a few, you know, some time had passed. And I was sitting in his office again, maybe a couple months later, and we grown, you know, we, we became kind of friendly. And he said, you know, you asked me about why I have so much, you know, so many pictures of Jim Fossil and the Giants there. And, and he goes, and I didn't, I didn't tell you, because it's not something I, you know, just kind of throw out to people. But, you know, I've known you, you seem like a pretty good guy. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel like I co- I'm comfortable with you. And I said, mm-hmm. okay. He said, that's my dad. Mm. And I, I kind of looked at him with this weird look. And I said, John Matheson, how are you? And so he said, yeah, he had, uh, he, he and his wife had a child, I, I believe in college. And after a couple of years, they realized, listen, we can't, we're too young. We can't, and they put him up for adoption. Mm. And years later went, you know, found him, they reconnected and, you know, explained to him the reasons behind all of the stuff. And, and they were able to really build a, a relationship. And I, and I got to, you know, kind of learn about John and, and Jim, you know, through that experience, you know, they, they, they became very close. And, um, and so I haven't talked to John in, I want to say years, because obviously I've moved out of Denver, and, you know, life, unfortunately, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, separates people. And when I read the news about Jim, the first line was, you know, his son, John Matheson, um, mm-hmm. informed us or confirmed, actually, I think it just said John, I don't even think it said his last name, you know, that, that he had had a heart attack and he had passed. And it immediately got me thinking about, oh, man, like, you know, staying in touch with people, right? Because I immediately thought, oh, man, like, I, I feel terrible that I'm not still in touch to, you know, give my condolences and those types of things, because we had become pretty close. And, you know, you know how it is, coach, you, you meet so many people throughout the years. And, and it's something like that. There's like, wow, I haven't even thought about him for a couple of years. And now, and my yeah. thoughts were really with him today, especially, right? So uh, you, you, did you know, uh, coach very well? I, or? I know him. I know him pretty well. Um, my mother-in-law went to school with him. Um, I interviewed to be his quarterback coach in New York years ago, years ago, five years ago. And then his son was on my staff in Oakland, uh, John Fossil. So I knew the dad, um, tremendous man, tremendous football coach, um, very sad. And, you know, that, it kind of hits home for me too, because I'm not afraid to share this because heart attacks are things that happen and sometimes out of your control. I had a heart attack in 2014 myself. And so I had a hundred percent blockage in the Widowmaker. 
and I'm still sitting here today. Wow. So I'm, I'm here for a reason, and I'm just thankful and grateful uh, for uh, the good Lord having me stay. And then I, when I think about somebody like Jim Fossil, who all of a sudden passes of a heart attack, you know, it's like, why him and why not me? You know, you go through those thoughts in your head. And I've had so many coaches who knew him reach out to me today, Al Saunders being one who I'm very close to, who worked for me, who worked for him and worked with him, and they were really good friends. So it just, it's a sad day, you know, but, you know, it really puts into focus what life is. There's a beginning and there's an end. And nobody knows how it's going to end, but there will be an end. And I think we all have to understand that. It's, uh, you know, it, my dad had a heart attack. He has two mm-hmm. stints. Uh, actually, he had to have a stints redone this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's always, you know, so to your point, when you have that so close, right, that obviously it's yourself. Yes. Maybe it's my dad. It's, it, it reminds you, right? You sometimes get caught up with so oh, yeah. much going on in the world. It's easy sometimes to forget what's closest to you. So, um so obviously our thoughts, our prayers, our condolences goes out to the fossil family. Um, someone who's close to you, another person who's close to you uh, was, is, has been in the news this week. Um, I, I joked around with some friends today and I said, I was going to refer to him as Chad eight uh, five. Because I don't speak Spanish. And I think that's the literal translation. I was like, I don't know how he's going to take that, but I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pass it on to you first and see, let's see what he says. Um, he was in a bit of a boxing match this week. Were you, were you there? Were you watching? I, I, I forgot to check with you if you actually made it down. I was there. I was there live and in person. I, I always support my guys. Uh, he's like uh, a son to me. Um, and he, I was so impressed with what he was doing at 43 years old. Um, I used to watch go watch Chad train boxing when he was playing football. It was one of the ways he stayed in shape. So I wasn't surprised that he had some of the skill. I was just surprised that he was willing to get in the ring and with a fighter and do what he did. Yeah. Uh, and I teased him today and yesterday because everything was going good until all of a sudden he started really feeling himself in the fourth round took a shot at the guy and dropped his hands. And then real fighters, they, they, don't, you know, they don't, don't drop your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Then down he goes. So I, uh, but was I impressed? Absolutely. He looked like a boxer because he got quick feet. He has athleticism. I was going to say he looked okay. Granted he took a shot there right at the end, but yeah. he, for the first part I was watching, I was like, he looks good. And he's, he looks just as quick as ever. Like I was really, yeah. you know, it's yeah. one thing, it's one thing to train, it's another thing to get in there and have someone throw him back at you. Absolutely. <laughs> so he, uh, I think he, it whetted his appetite. You know, Chad is one of those people that he's going to do the impossible. That's just who he is. You know, this guy has raced a horse, ride a bull. That's just Chad. He's not afraid. He's, he's really about those things. And so uh, I'm impressed with him. I think he handled himself the right way. I think he did it all right. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's a money grab, but for him, maybe it is money, but I also know with him, it's also, that's who he is. You know, he likes the challenge and the thrill of doing different things. And so, uh, God bless him. Yeah, no, Hey, listen, money's great, but you could, you could tell that he, he was passionate about it too. Like I saw, I think it was that mm-hmm. episode of I am athlete when he was talking about it and you yes. could, you could tell when someone's, I, I feel I could tell when someone's just about the money. And then there's a part where it's like, no, no, this, he really wants to do this. He, 
Absolutely. Now, I feel he has confidence in no matter what he does, but um, <laughs> there was a, so there was another match there and the, you know, the Mayweather uh, Paul portion of it. I have a question. Cause you were there. Cause I only get to see video. You were there. Mm-hmm. Did Paul get knocked out there when he falls into, he takes a hit and he falls into Mayweather's arm and it looks like Mayweather's kind of holding him up. Did he get knocked yeah. out or did he just kind of lose his balance? Like he's, yeah. No, he was ready to go down. And I think Floyd saved him. Yeah. I think Floyd's smart. Floyd's oh, no. Floyd, when it, especially when it comes to making money, speaking yeah. of money, he's very I, smart. Yeah, if I knock this guy out, there's not going to be many people saying, let me go fight Floyd. Right. <laughs> you know, when I need another, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50, 80 million dollar payday, you know, somebody say, well, I can beat Floyd. You know, I need to go the distance with this thing and have it look right so I can get more people that want to do this. Yeah. I mean, can I put another $500 million in my bank account over the next year? He can. And if anybody can, it's Floyd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That I thought it was, but, you know, like I said, it's 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 tough because I got a couple of cam- camera angles. But right. when you're there, that, that's, what I, that's what I figured. <laughs> and, I, and I said, listen, I don't want to step on Max Kellerman's thing, but, hey, if he could talk basketball and football, I, I, I could talk some boxing. <laughs> I know about as much about the, the what he does, but oh, I'm right. take a shot at him. Um, so last week, we talked about Julio Jones being a good fit in Baltimore. And I still think you're right. I still think that's a good fit for him. But he ended up going to Tennessee. Um, yes. And the Titans, uh, you know, did what they should do, which is make a trade for a wide receiver. You know, you now add another piece to A.J. Brown, to Derrick Henry. I want to know your thoughts on the fit there. Now, listen, I get it. Julio fits everywhere. It's going to make Tannehill better. Um, but they're really a run kind of culture. They've, listen, they've got maybe the best power back we've seen since, I, I don't even know, since Earl Campbell. I don't know who, who you want to throw out there um, in Derrick Henry. But do you think they're going to be able to to kind of change that philosophy, that that kind of culture that's in, in, in Tennessee with running the ball? Well, you, and you're you close know, there now, so you could yeah. probably check in. Oh, yeah. You know what, Anthony? I don't think they need to change it. I think they enhanced it because now there's another receiver other than A.J. Brown that teams have to be worried about. Derrick Henry just got two times better. And so as you stop Derrick Henry, you now open the lanes for A.J. Brown and Leo Jones. So I think it's a win-win for the Titans. Would I love to see him go to Baltimore because I know that they need to improve in that area? But, boy, the next best team – is Tennessee in my mind and think about it that the head coach of Atlanta just came from Tennessee so there, there's some hope going on there let me get him out of the NFC into the AFC and, and put him over there so I think uh, at the end of the day everybody kind of won you know but uh, uh, we'll see but I think it really helped Tennessee for sure so so last week we kind of had Colts one Titans two does this mm-hmm. move change that do they flip now I still don't think it changes it, but I think it's going to be a race. You know, I do think it's going to be a real race in that division. I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, because how fast can he get up to speed chemistry with the quarterback system? Because this is going to be different for him. This is not Matt Ryan. You know, this is Tannehill, who's played great, um, who is also athletic. There's going to be maybe more opportunities for Julio Jones. Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to his mandatory um camp today is this a veteran just taking those first few training sessions off is it a guy trying to prove a point or is he gone 
I don't, I won't say he's gone, but I think it's definitely a guy sending a message. As your starting quarterback, you don't miss mandatory minicamp. You're fine. That's money you just gave away. Now he makes a ton of money, but at the same time, who wants to give away money like that? And who doesn't want to be around their teammates within the organization that's uh, paying them and an organization that supposedly you have a lot of admiration for. So there's something that that's in the works. Um, I still would be surprised if they trade him, but I also, I think it's very clear that he's going to make it hard for him. He's not going to just go away easily and say, this is okay. Yeah, I know. I Listen, it's, I think it was $93,000 a week. And I get it. People are like, that's nothing. It's still, it's still $93,000. Like, <laughs> you like it, right? I'll, yeah, I said if you, they should donate it to these, uh, to, to my charity, which is that's me. That's right. Um, okay, so, but you, so you think, if you, do you think he's the starting quarterback for Green Bay in week one? One, one more time. I said, do you, if I put you on the spot, do you think Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for the Packers week one? Yes. I hope I you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. I don't know why you hope I'm wrong. I think they have work to do on both yeah. sides. I think the right conversation with the right people, with the right process, with the right vision will make this go away. I mean, yeah, they, they I, I feel – He's still the premier quarterback in the league. So yeah, I, I feel like if they, if they had confidence, enough confidence in Jordan Love – it would have been done already. The fact that it, it isn't done. Yeah, no that's doubt. unfortunately, unfortunately, that's what I, I agree with you. Um, so what is, uh, we're staying in the NFC, but I want to move over to the West. Mm-hmm. What a division. What a division. Uh, you know, it, I, I feel like, you know, last week we talked about the haves and the have nots. It's like the haves and the haves and, and the have some mores. Absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, I hate to say this, but I've, I've seen Seattle, one, two, three, four. I've seen Arizona, two, three, four. I've seen LA, one, two, three. Um, and I'm forgetting somebody in the 40. Oh, the 40. Oh, yeah, the 49ers. Yeah, I forgot about the 49ers. Uh, I've seen them, one, two, three, four. There, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can agree on this division right now. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw one out because it's the last one I said. So the 49ers. Um, is is Jimmy Garoppolo their starting quarterback? Do they phase in uh, Trey Lance? Do they come up with schemes for him? Do they stay healthy, right? I guess that's that's the key. We're, let's assume they stay healthy because that's what killed them last year. H- how do you how do you see the 49ers this season? I think if they're healthy, they are as competitive as any team in that in that division. Um, they're well coached. Uh, I think he is the best offense coordinator in football. I think if Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, plays the way Jimmy Garoppolo can play. I don't think we see Trey Lance, but um, will they be a couple things because he is so creative that he might try to have happen with Trey in the scoring zone? Yeah, I mean, every coach does that, but I think it's just that. I don't think it's because he's grooming him to take over the job. I just think it's a chance to showcase uh, the ability of the coordinator to come up with unbelievable schemes. Um, you know, you still look at Seattle with Russ, you know, have they done enough? You know, you look at the Rams with the new quarterback, where are they? The team that everybody thinks is going to make the biggest jump is the Cardinals. You know, you get J.J. Watt, you know, here comes 
another year with Hopkins. Here comes Kyler Murray again. Or have they solved their running back problem? Are they going to be good enough on defense? They take a young, real good defensive player this year in the draft. I mean, what's this team going to be? But I think it's I think it's a make or break time in Arizona because I think they really need to turn the corner this year or they got to do something. It's, you know, the the Russ thing, it's it's so – I'm going to go back to four of the nines and then I'm going to get to Russ actually. So a lot of us were thinking – there was a lot of talk Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded you know, obviously to the Patriots and, and he's still there. Did that, but they still drafted, right? They moved up in the draft and took Trey Lance. Do you think they were working on something that just didn't pan out? So now they're, you know, they're, they're going to have to make, not, not make do, you don't make do with Jimmy Garoppolo, but um, do you think it's just, Hey, they tried, it didn't work. So now they're just going to figure it out or, or, or they think they're happy with Jimmy. I think um, obviously when you take a quarterback in the first round as high as they took Trey, uh, I think um, you're positioning yourself to move on from someone. Uh, I think they still believe that Jimmy can help them win. He helped them to a Super Bowl, but he hadn't been healthy. Right. You know, so how can they count on him? And they're playing him a lot of money. So when you're paying a guy a lot of money, you want to get your value out of him. And if you don't, you got to move on. So right. I think they put themselves in a position that if they moved on, they're, they're not going to suffer a lot. They have a guy that they like who can come in and play the game at a high level. So I just think that's where they are. So you mentioned Russ. We were hopeful Russ was going to be on the move to the Midwest. <laughs> Didn't happen. It's okay. It's okay. Um, did, you know, and you said, did they do enough? So did they do enough on the offensive line? Right. When he comes out and says, I'm running for my life. Uh, we all see him running for his life. Do you think they – are they okay? Do you think he's still going to be running for his life? I think he still will be running for his life. You know, I didn't – I mean, there was a draft, but there wasn't, you know, a huge impact along the lines. And so it, it will be um, before game five or six because I think first quarter season, everybody's going to be finding their way, you know, still with a different type of offseason. But game five or six, we don't know who Seattle Seahawks are on offense. And uh, if Russell's still running for his life, it's going to be a problem. Their defense um, is also a question mark, right? So they're going to have to try to score a lot unless, mm -hmm. you know, again, we're going on paper. Who knows what actually happens with scheme and personnel, mm -hmm. chemistry, all those other things that you can't measure. Um, is that defensive concern for you as well in Seattle? Well, the offense is a concern too, because yeah. when I hear folks said we're just going to run it. You know, and they've won a lot of games that way, but are you built to do that? Right? Yeah. You know, and I think that's a concern when your quarterback is, you know, one of the best players in the league. And you're saying, I'm going to take the ball in his hand hand to somebody else who's not Marshawn Lynch, you know, who's not one of the elite running backs in the league. So I just, you know, I think there has to be, and again, I'm not questioning Pete. Pete's had a heck of a career. He's won a lot of games, Super Bowls. But at the same time, you have this, unbelievable talented quarterback that all he's asking for is to be protected and that he feels like he can help you win. Well, I think there's a message there and you've got to listen to it. Yeah. I maybe, I don't know if I'm, I don't know where I am, but I, in terms of the minority or the majority on this, I like Matthew Stafford. I, I think he's a better quarterback than everyone's kind of given credit for. I think he had a tough time in Detroit. Let's let's who hasn't, um, and now I'm not picking on the lines, but do you think we see, like, are you as optimistic about Matthew Stafford in LA as I am? Or do you think, Hey, we're just, we're going to see Matthew Stafford 
kind of for what he is. And, you know, the Rams are going to finish kind of nine wins kind of team. Is that? I think we're going to find out who he is. And I only said that for this reason. And I think he's a very talented player. But he never won in Detroit. You know, and the, the real good ones, they find a way. Right. They just do. You know, tell me the careers like Aaron Rodgers, just a whole different discussion. You know, this guy has uh, played a lot of football, uh, made a lot of money, but hasn't won a lot of games. So somewhere there's something that doesn't transcend the talent. And uh, I think that's going to be the Achilles heel for Rams. Yeah. Yeah. At one point he was the highest paid quarterback in the league. Yes. And, and, and listen, at some point you, you got to live up to your contract and, and, the, and those expectations I'm not going to bring up this guy. Well, I'm going to bring up his name, but I'm not going to pick on him because he might come after me, but like Kwame Brown, right? Like you do have to live up to those expectations. There's a reason you have, you, you either get paid that much or you pick that high. There, there's a reason yeah. people, someone thinks you're good yeah. enough. So um, I don't think Arizona's ready yet. I think even with the moves that they've done, they still, I, I think they, they're still kind of fighting um, to, 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 to be that team. Are you higher on them than I am? Like, I, I, I still have them finishing last in that division. Very close. Don't get me wrong. Close. It's not like the two-win team. Like, I think they I think still – I think they're going to be a, a – they could either be boom or bust this year. Yeah. You know, when you got Hopkins, A.J. Green, Kyler Murray, you know, runners now. I mean, they have an offense that can be explosive. You know, they have a defense that at times play, you know, really good defensive football. Can they really build on that? I think that's the question. In that division where there's some really good teams, they're a good team too. So it, they were hot last year one time, what, five in a row or something like that. And then all of a sudden things kind of fell apart. So I really believe, that's why I said this is a make or break it year for them. They could be either or. I'm counting on them being better than what they were because of the players they put on the team, but we'll see. Yeah. A lot of A lot of stuff. I know you've been busy, um, you know, working with, with the team down at TSU, installing the offense and doing that. There's been so much happening in the news. And I'm just going to kind of throw a couple of things at you and, and, okay. and just see where we go. So uh, Naomi Osaka, I don't know if you follow tennis, um, kind of pulled out of an event. And it was, a, you know, she didn't want to talk to the media, was saying, hey, listen, it's, it's, it was about mental health. And we talk, I feel like we talk more which is good about mental health and you know it's more out there people are more aware but i still don't think one people really understand and i also feel like i don't know maybe we're lacking some compassion right an athlete actually comes out and says i can't do this this you know i can't have this conversation with you know with the media and it's almost like because i'm having these issues it doesn't matter. You're under contract, you know, whatever it is, you have to, you have to talk to the media and we make such a big deal out of it. And I get it, you know, access and players and fans and the new, I understand why there's some, the ask, you know, for people mm -hmm. to talk to the media, but when they come out and they're that transparent about why they don't want to do it, why don't we just give them their space and let them not, you know, like, how does that, how do you feel? Is it, hey, sorry, it's your responsibility. You're getting paid to do a job. Part of that job is to talk to the media. You need to do it. Or are you on the side of, hey, if you're going through something and you just want to, you know, play, do your job, what you get paid for, and then just leave that other stuff for a short time, not forever, you should be allowed to do that. 
Anthony, I, I think people forget that we're talking about human beings, regardless of how much money you pay them, regardless of what you see them do, don't see them do, they're human. And they hit a boiling point or they hit a, a spot in their life that things just don't add up for them. And I think everybody sometimes has to press the reset button and go back and start again. And I get very disappointed when people say, well, this is your responsibility. I do have a responsibility to myself too, because if my health is not good, I'm not gonna be able to accumulate wealth. If I'm not able to give you the best version of me, I'm cheating you anyway. So, uh, and people, you said it, I mean, the mental health side, people don't really pay a big attention to. It's like it's brushed over so fast, it shouldn't matter. But there's no way should we put any man, woman, child in a situation to where when they're not at their best and feeling disconnected or feeling that there's some issues that they're dealing with, should we thrust them into the limelight and expect more from them than what they can give? I just don't agree with that. Before before we started recording, I told you I was I was struggling a little bit. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's why I wanted to bring up the mental health thing, but also the reason I've been struggling is there's, there's been some stories and, and they're closer to home because, you know, they're, they're here in Canada. Uh, one is in the town that my brother lives in that just happened a couple of days ago. Um, and it, it leads to the, to a bigger thing, topic that I want to talk about. But first, I just feel like I have to put it out there because I think transparency, this, this, this is something that I don't, again, I don't know if you've seen this story. There's two, two stories I want, I'm going to bring up. One was they found the remains of 215 indigenous children um, buried, unnamed graves uh, that were abused and, and murdered by, um, is, is, uh, by a school that was run by the, the Catholic Church. And they covered it up. And the police covered it up. And the governments covered it up. And, and it came out. And it's kind of like, it, I don't feel like we've made a big enough deal about it. Some people are talking about it, but not enough. And, and it's not the only first time. It's not the, I'm sure it's not the only time it's, you know, we just happened to find this, this particular one. And, and it really, it, it, it just, it, it really, it, as you say, it bothered, it really. And, and, and then the next story unrelated, however, in my brother's hometown, like I said, a 20 year old white kid, made a plan, got into his car, and ran down a, a, a Muslim family of five just because they were Muslim. He planned it out and did it. All of them except for their nine-year-old son. The nine-year-old son was the only one that survived. So now he is without anyone. And the reason why I was so emotional when we started recording was I was just, there's a, a vigil for them and a bunch of people were speaking and we're talking about the family and the story. And I just, I came from watching that here. Um, and it's like down the street from where my brother lives. And, and the reason why I bring that stuff to the table here is one of the things we talk about is this, is racism. And there, there was no other motivation, right? Even with that, even with the Catholic church, it was they saw indigenous people as lesser than them. This kid who got in his car, regardless of what he read and saw why he you know, purposely targeted this Muslim family, it, it was about race. Um, and and we talk about race in in very kind of I feel like small little pinholes of you know when we talked about you know we earlier we talked about George Floyd and, and we talk about things, but it is a global problem. 
Absolutely. It's, it's not just, listen, I get it. We talk about certain things and when certain things are in the news, we talk about them. It is a global problem that affects everyone. And so that's why I, yeah, I, I probably was a little ambiguous when I just wrote you a note. I want to talk about what is racism? Because, because I feel like too many people are changing the narrative, are changing the meaning to be just suited to them. And and it, not that, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I get it. You you deal with what affects you in your life. I, I get it. That's human nature. So when you when when you read, when I wrote to you and I said, "What is racism?" So before hearing all that stuff, what was the first thing that kind of popped into your mind? That people still don't see the black race as equal. Um, that Blacks are always fighting for equality and opportunity, that they're not uh, on the same level, that we don't have the same value as our Caucasian brothers, and that racism is alive and well. And I knew it had to be something that touched you for you to put that in there. And now I get it, you know, to hear about these kids to hear about another family being mowed down by a driver who plans this. What are we doing? You know, it's like you hear all the different stories. We just witnessed some of the toughest times in our lives. And you would think that things would change. The more we think they change, the more they stay the same. Because like I said, we talk about it for a moment and we sweep it. And it's gone until something catastrophic happens and then we want to talk about it again, but we don't go fix it. You know, and I think because nobody can have those real conversations about what's going on. And I just, it's scary to me um, just to hear those things because where else are there kids buried that we don't know about? It could be a lot of different places. Who's going to be the next family that gets moved back? You know, and it's just, it's, it's frightening. It truly is. You know, I would try to keep it together. I'm going to try to keep it together. Uh, we talk about it and I feel like you and I talk about it. We bring on people, we talk about it. I post it out there and, and I'm telling you for everyone, when I post stuff out there for every one person who goes, Hey, you know what? You know, I get anything from you're one woke, you're one woke brother, you know, like, which is good. Hey, it's good. Whatever. Um, to, but then I get the opposite too. I get the, the, and I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna dignify them by saying what they say, but I feel like we, the more we're talking about it, the further we're going and, 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 you know, you and I talked a couple months ago, well, how do we come together and what does coming together mean? And what's that middle? And I feel like we're further apart today than we were yesterday. And, and I know this is a very, very, very nerdy thing that I'm going to say. Okay, I get it. But listen, as much as I am an athlete and into sports, I'm also into Star Trek too. So if an alien came down to take over our earth, do you think they would care the color of your skin? Do you think they would care about your religion? Or would they say, hey, I need to kill the human race and take over this planet because it's nice and green and there's a lot of water. They're polluting it, but you know, I can clean that up. That's what they would do. They wouldn't say, oh, Hugh, oh, I'm going to kill you because you're black. And oh, Tony, Anthony, Tony, whatever. you're good. Or oh, maybe maybe I'm too dark. Maybe you need to be, maybe my eyes are too dark. I don't, they're not going to do that. And that's the part that drives me crazy, as you can tell. So I'm sorry, wherever 
cameras. Right? Okay. It just, it doesn't, it drives me nuts because no one else would care. We, yeah. we've, we've created a, a, a system and a, a way of thinking that we, that people now care about it when they shouldn't. It's the, I don't see, I see you as coach Hugh Jackson. I, right. I am, I am proud to say my friend, Hugh Jackson. I don't yes. say blackhead coach Hugh Jackson. No, you never have. Never. And it's sad that that's where we are. And you just said it, you know, the system, Anthony, is broken. It's been broken. And we shove everything aside. Because at the end of the day, I still think everything's about money, clicks, bait clicks on TV, whatever all that is. And I just, it's not for the human race. Humanity really doesn't stand for what it should stand for. And it's just so sad. And people are influenced by other things other than family, friends, faith, whatever all those other things are. And we're just in a bad place. Is there hope? I've said to you probably two months ago, I don't see it in this life because the system has been the system and to reconfigure it would take a lot of pain, a lot of go through. And I think it's too expensive for people to go through. I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about emotionally, physically, mentally. They just won't do it. I don't want to do that. And people, people will not get involved unless it's them unless it affects somebody who's in a family or something like that. That's when people get invested. But people don't get that if you don't stop it, it could be your family. You know, they don't think about it the right way. You know, you could be next in line. You don't know. And that's what the problem is. It, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I, now that I'm a dad, right? I just, I, I see stories. And I just, and I think, how can you not, how can you look at that and be like, that's okay, right? As long as it's, as long as it's not me, it's okay. As long as it's not, like you said, right? As long as it's not my family, it's okay. But guess what? Guess what happens, right? Like, I'm not, please don't anyone think that I'm saying this as it should happen. That family, that nine-year-old boy who now just lost his whole family due to a hate crime, due to a racist kid. Kid was 20. He was 20. He didn't know. He didn't know life yet. Let's be honest. Now his life's gone too, by the way, as it should be. But that nine-year-old, guess what? If he grows up to be an angry, right? An angry kid who then lashes out. I'm not saying it's right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be surprised. But you, can, you wouldn't be surprised. Right? I'm not going to be surprised because it. he's going to have years of anger, and, and he's and who's he going to blame? He's not going to blame that one person as no. he should, right? He's gonna he's gonna now grow up and 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 listen. The wrong person gets into his ear yes. and says, "See how white people are? They're out to get you, right? They're out to get you." Yeah. So now, what does he do? He gets into a car and he drives over a white family. And, well, guess what? We just we created this vicious cycle, and then we're gonna say, "Oh, what? Oh, these people!" No, we created the cycle. We talked about before. If you don't give those people who need the help the resources from a mental health standpoint, you're bound to repeat the problem. 
it's gonna keep going. And I don't think we do enough in understanding how do we keep this young man together. Like you said, just take this example. He's nine years old. This is what he saw. He lost his whole family. What is this kid gonna go through? Oh, we're just getting counseling. It's deeper than that. It's deeper because you can't bring back his family. But who's gonna love him? Who's gonna be there for him? Who's gonna be there in the bad times, the good times, whatever all those things are? Because he just watched his family perish through racism. That's a problem. I try not to get emotional, Coach. So I just, I just, like I said, I, I, I tried to hold it together as best I could this week. But and you have. It's just, it's too, it's, it's, it's too much. It's too much, and it's just, it, you, you know how I feel. It's just, it, it. I, I felt like I just maybe this and this is my therapy session. This I, is my therapy session, Coach. If I get to vent to you, I feel better. I respect you so much because of your transparency your passion for people, your passion for truth and justice. And you you try to do what's right. And to me, those are the people that the pain you feel, the, the what's coming out of you, what I see in you, that's real. And that's what people don't understand. If you don't have that kind of emotion about what's going on in this world, you are not in the world. You are, you're kind of lost, you know, and you are not trying to see what's going on. I don't get a chance right now like I used to to see everything that's happening because of work. And I've kind of, there's a part of me that is happy because there's so many that I, I remember picking up my phone and looking at US Mail online and seeing what's going on and going, oh my gosh, this happened here, this happened there. And it's what you said. I start worrying about my kids. You know, I'm going to school, going to the store, driving somewhere. You know, it, you get afraid. You know, really, but I know I can't just hover over them for everything because that's not life. But at the same time, you want the best one. But it puts things in your mind when you see all this that that's going on. Because how? Because you actually, how do you fix it? Well, love. Oh, well, what kind of love? <laughs> you know, what are we talking about here? Well, let's talk. Talk about what? How are we going to fix this by talking? Who's going to give us real solutions in real time when these things happen? Who can I, where are the resources when these things happen? What's going to happen to this kid? Somebody else is going to have to go out on the limb if he doesn't go to a foster home. Some family members going to say, we're going to take him in and we're going to raise him as ours. I don't mean that happens the right way. There's mistakes that happen there too. So it's, it's difficult. It's so difficult. And, and the sad part is, right, he's, that, he's one of too many, right? He's, he's one of too many. And we don't even hear Let's be honest, we don't even hear 95% of the stories and the things that happen. And that's why it's like, you know, when we talk about stuff and, and someone will say, well, how come you're so angry about this? And I'm like, because you know the one story. When you look up that one story, you find the other 99 stories and you go, oh, right. Oh, maybe that. And then you look back and you're like, yeah, and it's not just one year. It's been, you know, 100, 200, 300. That's the thing that gets me is the people that say, oh. Because instead of them digging and finding out, now wait a minute, there's got to be more than this. They don't. They just take it for what it is. Well, that was way over here. It wasn't really us. But then you look at something that happened around the corner about three weeks ago. Then you go, oh my gosh, I just didn't know. Look, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone for this. But listen, if you don't look, you won't find. 
Um, and it's it's easy. Listen, I sometimes coach. I, I know you. I don't know if you agree with this. There are sometimes where I'm like, you know, I wish I just didn't know. I wish I wish I didn't swallow. I forget which pill it was, the blue or the red pill. But I wish I just didn't, and I stayed in the matrix, and I had my big juicy steak, and everything was great, right? Sometimes it's like you know that. But I, if you remember the first one, right, where the guy, I, yeah. I hope you saw, where he's like, I just I want back in. Just give me this medium rare steak. It's delicious. I don't care, right? That I'm living in a pod. I'm happy. I get it. I get it. Sometimes. Yeah, I'd like to. And I up. think that's why people do what they do. They stay in their own world because they don't want to deal with the hurt. They don't want to deal with what it brings on them, you know. And they go, "Well, it's not my fight. It is your fight. It's our human race fight." Are you gonna sit by? I could. I watched something the other day on US Mail that just irritated me. It happened in New York. A uh, 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 Asian lady was walking down the street, and this guy just punched her and she fell sitting up against a, a little kind of plank and there behind her sat two guys that didn't move. I'm saying to myself, I can't watch that. And you, you feel no compassion for this lady to go help. And then I seen some other people come in later, but within these guys watch this and I watched the guy that was sitting there. He just kind of put his head down like nothing happened. I was floored. How do you how do you do that? How do you watch somebody hit somebody like that and say it's okay? I, I just I've never been so frustrated in my life. I just because it's wrong. There's a right and there's a wrong. Nothing's wrong. I, I'm not for what's wrong. If you if you I'm for what's right, but I'm not gonna be for what's wrong. And if that's okay with you, whoever sat there and just watched that, they should go to jail too, Michael. I, I, the second you started saying, it, I don't know if you saw my eyes balls out because I, I saw that, and I just thought, you know what? Just think if that was your mom, if that was your, if someone just did that to your mom or your, I don't, I forget how old she was, but that was your, if that was your mother, oh if that was your grandmother, and someone just for no reason other than, let's be honest, the color of her skin, absolutely. That, how, would you just sit there? Would you? Because that was somebody's mom. It was somebody's mom. And how about the guy on the plane that tried oh. to get into the? I mean, there's so, like you said, there's so many things going on. Luckily, you know, the flight attendant died. He made it happen along with some path. But think about what that could have led to. I mean, it's just so many things. And so it makes you so leery. I traveled, I traveled to Miami. I was concerned because I, I, I'm remembering this stuff. This stuff yeah. is happening. And you can't say it won't happen to you because it will happen to you. You know, you just don't know what is going to happen. Oh man, I just, you know, if I, the one, I'll just, I guess I'll, I'll end it with, 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 with that, right? If you're not realizing by now that, that we're the human race, <laughs> right? I don't know if you've been watching, right? I don't know if you, the, is it the CIA or the FBI has been showing you those UFOs? They're, they're there. They are there. They're there. I don't know. I, I hate to be that guy. I don't see it. So we mean it's there. I don't see it. It's there. It's there. And it's there for a reason. Yeah. And trust me, there's people that know why it's there, but they're not telling everybody. Figure it out. Figure it out, people. Um, <laughs> coach, um, I, I don't even know how to end other than I'll, I'll let you tell us about if, if it's TSU, if it's what's going on this week, if it's Grand Lienda, 
if it's Voyager, it just anything you want, just make, get me because you know, you know, both of us, one of our favorite, we both watch I Am Athlete. I know, yes, right. If we were doing our check ins, I'd be like, good news is my health. I'm down. I'm down from that 45 second 40. My health is good. My family's good. Business is good. My mental health is a two. My mental health. I'm. People probably could see this week. I'm crazy. So I'm going to let you just tell us something to take us home. Well, let me say this. I had a very exciting time in Miami. Met some unbelievable people. Um, obviously, got a chance to spend some time with uh, Stephen Erlich from Voyager. Um, got a chance to, to spend um, some quality time with some people who I, I even got a chance to be around Rob Gronkowski and talk to him about some things. You know, it, it was great. Um, and I had just a unbelievable time with Jim Jackson, the former NBA player. Yeah. Dallas uh, really, Mavericks. Oh, yeah. Was I really love Jim Jackson. And Betty George. Um, really love him, you know, and um, I, I thought I was around some unbelievable, classy people. I'm going to get a chance this Friday to be on the, I got, I got to say this the right way, it's called the Money uh, Report um, or the Financial. I, I, I got to get the right name. I'm, I'm butchering this. All right. Uh, send it to me and I'll put it in text. Yeah, the the Money very, Financial I, Report. On Friday, I'm going to get a chance to talk about human trafficking uh, because this gentleman wants to help. And I'm so fired up about that. Him and Stephen Ehrlich will be on. Um, and it's... Um, it was really good. I, you know, the boxing was good. The people were good. The relationships, you met some unbelievable classy people. So I was, I left there feeling good about what, where life is. And I'm going to do everything, you know, it, it, being around the people I was around and seeing the things I seen, it made me realize I can have more of an impact than I can. And I want to do more. I want to help more. I want to give back more because um, to lead is to serve. You know, and if you're serving and if you're helping, you're giving back. And I think I need to do that better. But boy, I was so excited about the things that were happening there. And so I'm going to keep pushing and we're going to make some great things happen. Just like I know you push all the time and we're going to change. We can't change it all. I think we all know that. But there's some things in our immediate grasp that we can make a difference with. I'm going to end it by saying don't sell yourself short because I see the work that the Hugh Jackson Foundation does. I know we don't talk about, I think we don't talk about enough, but for human trafficking. So you are doing good things and I'll throw it out there and you you know this already. If there's anything I can do to help, don't hesitate. You let me know. You know I'm always there. So uh, with that, I will thank you for your time as always. Appreciate thank you. you. Thank you. Are you fluent in sports? Get the full sports fluent experience by joining us on YouTube by searching Sports Fluent. Or you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sports underscore fluent or by visiting sportsfluent.com. Need more from sports? Don't forget to check out undraftedsports.com. The Undrafted Sports Media Network has everything you need from every sport under the sun.